Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and this week I am in the studio all by myself. That's right, all by my lonesome. I am flying solo. And there is one reason for that, and that reason is COVID came to the Edwards household in the last week. (laughs) Uh, My daughter Caitlin got it. Allison got it. uh, Angela has it now. Uh, Everybody's okay. You know, sniffling, body aches, flu-like symptoms, that kind of stuff. Nothing serious, but... Couldn't risk bringing Victor in here in particular. Uh, He has his mother-in-law that is elderly and lives with him and his wife and his daughter. And she's got some health issues already, and we certainly couldn't risk exposing her to COVID. I didn't want to do that with Deacon Jeff. And in fact, nobody's in here with me today. It's just me. Angela's inside, I think, napping, trying to get over some of it. But, yep, as we say in the South, we done got the COVID. So I don't know why people say the COVID. They treat it like it's some kind of... uh, uh, thing that you got to put the in front of, even though I guess people say the flu, I have the flu, but it just sounds funny to me when people say, well, I got the COVID. Anyway, I digress. This is what happens when you're in a studio by yourself. You start talking to yourself. So I apologize for that. Uh, I'm looking forward to the episode that we have in here today. That's another reason I wanted to come in here, even though I was by myself. I normally don't like doing that. I like to have a conversation with somebody or an interview, but I know we didn't have an episode come out last week because the 4th of July, we, we had something we were going to try to put out, but, you know, and try to try to record, but schedules and, and, you know, the holiday and all that stuff got in the way. But, uh, that's why I wanted to come in here today. And I I just was reading something, uh, in the daily readings last week that really spoke to me, which happens a lot. That's where a lot of these shows come from. And, uh, I wanted to make sure that we delivered that the Lord kept putting it in my heart. So that's why I'm in here today. But before we jump into all that, I want to say thank you to our donors. And I want to just kind of put my hat in the hand, in my hand to the rest of you out here that may have considered donating in the past or maybe thinking about it right now. The Lord is blessing this ministry. Uh, I spent all last week, almost every single day, on back-to-back Zoom calls or phone calls with people that have been scheduling calls, DREs, pastors, men's organizations, that are just hearing about what we're doing, either through the new website that we just launched or through things like the Catholic Men's Leadership Alliance Summit we've been, or just by the grace of God, people are finding out about what we're doing and how it's helping, and we're being inundated with requests. And you know, where Victor can help me with the podcast, Victor has a regular day job, my wife works. So literally in the day-to-day operations, it's me. I have a young lady named Cecilia that's great, that helps with the marketing and emails and things like that. But we need some personnel to be able to keep up. We're in that place now where it's almost like we need to size up, if you will, to scale up. And the only way to do that is through um, is generous donations. Honestly, the revenue we have that comes in from parish missions and speaking and all that covers the already the expenses we already have in the ministry. But we're at that place where we need to grow. Uh, I cannot be the husband and father I need to be by being on the phone and the Zoom Zoom calls and all that stuff all the time. So I'm looking for some help, specifically uh, someone who has experience in in booking events and also not only booking those events, but walking with the parishes as we book them through the processes we have in place. We don't just show up at a parish and just give talks and hope a men's group starts. We actually have an eight or nine, 10 step process from the moment we get that first call that we start to enact over the months that lead up to uh, our missions. And so 
I can't do all that by myself. And the only way that I can bring help in is to ask, you know, with a hat in hand for more people to consider giving to the ministry. Uh, your donations count. All of you out there that are giving $5, $10, 15 20 100 some even more, all of those things add up. And they're going to things like this, the needs of the ministry that we have. And right now we need growth. We need help so we can keep up with all the uh, the the blessings the Lord has given us in request to go in and to do this wonderful work. So just wanted to say to all of you out there, thank you to the ones that have been giving. And for those of you that are considering, you know, um, I'd be glad to, to, to respond to an email to you or anything you might need for more information about the things that we need in the ministry, if that'll help you. But just again, putting a hat in the hand, uh, just saying, hey, God is using this ministry. Uh, it's time for us to grow and we need help doing it. So if you want to be a part of that uh, of that help, if you want to be a part of this ministry, which you are when you give and you donate, you could do that by going to donorbox.org pew, or you can go to our website. There's a donate button or a support button up in the top right corner of the homepage. Uh, you can click that and you can give online. There's also information there uh, if you're a person that likes to write checks or things like that. Either way, all of us accepted. We would love it. And just know that every bit of that donation and support is going to continue the mission that God has put in front of us, which is bringing men back to him. So speaking of that, if you are looking for us to come to your parish, you can go to our new website. It's easy, easier than it's ever been. Just to get on the pew.com. Go there and all through the page, you'll see buttons that say start a men's ministry. Find out more about starting a men's ministry. Click that, fill out the form. Uh, it'll allow you to schedule time to talk to me uh, right now because it's just me. But uh, as we get our bookie people in place, you know, you'll be talking to them. And then there's a time where I'll switch over. They'll switch over to me and we'll start talking about the missions and things. But look, if you're interested in this and you're a guy who wants this kind of ministry of men in your parish, one where you can be real and authentic and you can leave the mask at the door, then go to our website at justagownthepew.com. Click uh, Start a Men's Ministry, fill out that form, and we will be in contact with you. I can't wait to talk to you. We're going to be booking up for 24 and 25 over the next couple of months. So if you're interested in this, please give us a uh, fill out that form or, or shoot us an email as quickly as possible so we can get you on the schedule with everybody else that uh, we are working with. So anyway, wanted to get all that out there. You can find all the donation and the scheduling and all that stuff on justaguyinthepew.com. All right, so let's get into it. You know, today, this episode is going to be called Here I Am. You know, folks, last Thursday on the 6th, the the uh, first reading was all about Abraham, and it was, you know, leading up to that, the Old Testament reading, talking about Lot and all those things, and Abraham, and and getting into these, these different uh, beautiful stories of the Old Testament. And on this day, we, we hear what we're all familiar with. I mean, I, I remember hearing this story in uh, my Bible study or my uh, Sunday school class at the Baptist church when I was younger before I converted, um, you know, just hearing the story of Abraham and Isaac. And it's one that always pains my heart whenever I read it. Uh, you know, God asked Abraham to basically sacrifice his son. You know, in fact, I want to go ahead and read this. You can find this in Genesis 22, uh, one, verse 1b through 19. And it says, God put Abraham to the test. He called to him, Abraham, here I am, Abraham replied. Then God said, take your son Isaac, your only one, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer him up as a burnt offering on a height that I will point out to you. Early the next morning, Abraham saddled his donkey took with him his son Isaac and two of his servants as well, and with the wood that he had cut for the burnt offering set out for the place for which God had told him. 
On the third day, Abraham got sight of the place from afar. Then he said to his servants, Both of you stay here with the donkey while the boy and I go on over yonder. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Therefore, there, excuse me, thereupon Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two walked on together, Isaac spoke to his father Abraham. Father, he said. Yes, son, he replied. Isaac continued, here are the fire and the wood, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? Son, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the sheep for the burnt offering. Then the two continued going forward. When they came to the place from which God had told him, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on top of it. Next, he tied up his son Isaac and put him on top of the wood on the altar. Then he reached out and he took the knife to slaughter his son. But the Lord's messenger called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the messenger. Do not do the least thing to him. I know now how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold from me your own beloved son. As Abraham looked about, he spied a ram caught by its horn in the thicket. So he went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the site Yahweh Yireh. Hence people now say, On the mountain the Lord will see. Again the Lord's messenger called to Abraham from heaven and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding from me your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies, and in your descendants all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. Abram then returned to his servants, and they set out together for Beersheba, where Abraham made his home. Excuse me there, folks. I stopped for a little bit of water. But I wanted to read that because, one, that, that is such a hard thing when you think about the impossible choice that Abraham had to make. Do I follow God and give up the one thing that I love most, right? It said his only son, the thing that I'm sure he cherished. I'm a father. I know the weight of what it would have felt like to be asked to to sacrifice one of your own children, to stab them and then to burn them on a sacrifice to God. Just the immense pressure and pain that must have called Isaac. But what does he do? Immediately he asked God, as soon as God called him, he just here I am, right? That's the way he answered. And then God tells him, go. He doesn't mince words. It says, God says, go to the land of Moriah. There you shall offer up as a burnt offering on a height your son, Right? He said, take your son Isaac, your only one whom you love, and go to that land. There you shall offer him as a burnt offering on a height that I will point out to you. God doesn't mince words. He didn't say, hey, Abraham, I got something that's going to be tough for you. He says, this is what I'm asking of you. Abraham had said, here I am. He responded to that yes. He took his son and he went. And again, he's in the middle of this, right? Abraham or Isaac's asking, father, where's the sacrifice? And in the midst of all this turmoil he must have felt inside and this pain, he looks at his son and says, God will provide. And he's up there and he's got the, the sticks ready and he's putting his son there and he's, he's, he's got him tied and wrapped and the son knows what's fixing to happen now. And there's is Abraham going through with it, raising the knife. And in that moment, again, the messenger of God says, Abraham, Abraham, and what does Isaac or what does Abraham say? Here I am. Again, yes, Lord, what do you want of me? It just, it, it's amazing to me that, that in the midst of all this, Abram still chose God's will over his own. And, and 
And he was blessed by it. It says at the end of this, it says, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashore. Your descendants shall take possession of the gates of their enemies. And in your descendants, all the nations of the earth shall find blessing. All this because you obeyed my command. Folks, every time that someone says those words and means them in their life, their life changes. I mean, all you have to do is continue to look in the Old Testament and look through the Bible itself. You see Abraham, right? He, gave, he was given back the life of his son because he, he did what God asked of him. And he became the father of all nations, right? Abraham became the father of all nations, and God honored the promise he made to Abraham to make him that. But you look at Jacob, who comes after Abraham, and he says to God in a dream and leaves, you know, says, I here I am to God in a dream and leaves his home to begin the nation of Israel. So what... Abraham became the father of, and his descendants, Jacob became the leader of, right? The nation, the, the nation of Israel. It was named after him. And he says it again when God tells him later on to lead the nation to Egypt, uh, where his son Joseph uh, saves them from famine, right? And so again, twice in another man's life, when things seem difficult, when he's gone through this journey to take the nation to where it's supposed to be set up, and God says, no, take them now to Egypt, or you're going to die of famine. And Jacob does it. And because of his yes, the people were blessed again through Joseph. You look later on. Here comes Moses, right? Moses says, here I am to the burning bush. And then he later on leads the Exodus, right? He leads the Jews out of Israel or out of Egypt into the promised land, back into that place that God had promised to Abraham and, and his descendants. So Moses there, and, and look, all these people had their excuses. You know, Abraham could have said, I, I'm not going to kill my son. I'm sorry, God. You know, Jacob could have said, no, not going to do that. Don't want to leave people. That's too hard of a journey. Don't want to deal with all that. But he didn't. He said, whatever you want, God. Same thing with Moses. Moses could have said, and he did try to say, I, I have a stutter. I have a list. I'm not a leader. I'm not the right guy. But at the end, he trusted God and he did what he said. And they all found blessings. Samuel right? He's, he's at Eli's house. And in the night again and again, he hears the Lord calling to him and he says, here I am, here I am, here I am again and again and again during the night. And through that, here I am through that. Yes. He becomes the man who anoints King Saul and anoints King David, right? The Lord used him. He found meaning and purpose in his life. Isaiah again, Isaiah sitting there saying, uh, woe to me, woe to me. And he's crying about and lamenting about it. he's in this nation where they have foul tongues and speech and all this stuff. And what does God do? God sends an angel down and he, and he touches his tongue with that ember. And then all of a sudden when the Lord says, who shall I send? Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. And we know who Isaiah comes to be, this great prophet of, of Israel and a prophet who basically foretells the coming of Christ and the passion of Christ, right? Some of the greatest things like Isaiah 61, the spirit of the Lord is upon me and and so he has this great purpose and meaning in his life. You know, Ananias in the New Testament, we see the person, Ananias is the person that God sends Saul to, that Jesus sends Saul to after he's been knocked off his horse, right? After he's been blinded. And Jesus sends Ananias or sends Paul, Saul at the time to Ananias. And Ananias, think about the fear that must have been over him. Like, whoa, you're sending this guy that's running around killing Jews, killing Christians, killing people like me? You're sending him to my house? No, thank you, Lord. But what does he say? Here I am, Lord. I, whatever, I, here I am to do your will. And so Ananias becomes the man who lays his hands on Saul, who's, who the scales fall off of his eyes. He could see again. And with that new sight, he finds his new life as Paul.
right, and becomes the greatest evangelist to ever live beyond Jesus himself. But that wasn't possible without Ananias saying, here I am. Mary, same thing. She says it in a more eloquent way, right? Behold, I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to your word. She's basically saying, here I am again. And this young teenage girl who was probably frightened and afraid and had another plan for her life chooses the will of God and says, here I am. Behold, I I am the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. And the world changes forever. Her yes allows our salvation to come into this world. Every single time that I hear those words, here I am, great things happen. Great things happen. But the problem is, and this is where I sat with this reading, was so many of us in the world today aren't aren't saying that. In fact, most of us are doing the opposite. You know, we stew in our situations. We, we, we don't trust fully in the Lord or fully submit to his will. You know, how many times are we sitting there in the midst of our strife and in the midst of our struggles and in the situations that are hard for us? And we're questioning, where is God? Where are you, God? Where are you, God? Where are you in these difficulties and in these wounds and in these problems and in these pains in my life? Where are you? And certainly we could call out to God. But I think that that calling out has to be something different than questioning where, where, where he is. Because honestly, a lot of times that we find ourselves in those positions is because we've become our own God. We're, we're, we're controlling our own, our own life. We're trying to grasp the steering wheel of our own car and, and, and be in that driver's seat. And we think that we'll find the blessings and the peace and the purpose that we're looking for and that we yearn for in doing things our way. But what we just saw in all those examples I gave were people giving up their way and giving their way over to God, submitting their will. And it was then that they found blessing, that they found peace, that they found purpose in their life. And so many of us yearn for that. I mean, I travel all over the country. And the thing I hear most commonly is, where is God in my mess? Like, what is the purpose of my life? Why is my life so hard? Where is God in all of this? And the thing is, most of the time, our way of doing things is contrary to God's will. We're fighting against the current. We're fighting against the tide. And this is why we struggle. God created us for a very specific purpose. And he yearns for us to come into that purpose. But a lot of times we're, we're turning and we're bullheaded and we're walking the other way. And we insist on our way. And this is why the living word of God is, is so amazingly important to our life. And I get so sick of people saying Catholics don't know the Bible. And I'm sick of the fact that that's true in a lot of cases. We need to know the word because it's in these stories of these people before that we see that their struggle quit being a struggle when they gave their yes to God. Did it mean their life was perfect? Did it mean that they didn't have pains and losses? No, but they found a peace that stayed with them all the time. They found a purpose that stayed with them all the time through the difficulties, through the struggles, through the joys, through the successes. And ultimately, that's what we all yearn for. But I think the way we find that is the way that these people found it. Instead of asking, where are you, God? We need to start saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. In the midst of all these challenges, here I am. Right? And this is the thing. When when we say that, we give up control of our life. We stop trying to drive the car. We quit trying to, to grasp at everything and try to hold on to everything. It's Again, I've used this example before, but it's like, some of those people you see at halftimes of ball games and the halftime shows they are spinning all the plates and they keep putting more and more and more on and eventually they get to a place where they have to stop because if they don't, it's all going to come crashing down, 
right? And we, we're not meant to do that. We're meant to give that control over to our Lord. And when I read this, I just was reminded of that, that even in the difficult things, and I know, look, it's difficult to surrender to God, and that's why most of us don't do it. Because we, the devil gets in there and he tells us, and he paints a picture of all the things we're going to lose. You know, well, you're not going to be able to be the person you are anymore. You're not going to be able to to have the friends you had anymore. You're not going to be able to, to, to do these certain things the way you want anymore. You're going to have to give up those that sin that you like so much. Those are difficult things. But I'm telling you, if we don't look past those things and look beyond that for the blessings that God has waiting for us when we give our yes, then we're short-sighted. And we're costing us possibly entry into heaven. And I know people don't like to hear that. It makes you uncomfortable, but it's the truth. right? When we continue to choose our own way and walk down our own path, not only are we going to struggle here, but we're going to rob ourselves of a chance to be with the one who loves us most and the one we should love most forever in heaven. Folks, we have to start start saying, like, and not saying, but understanding. It's not a question we should be asking, but a statement we should be giving. And that is, here I am, Lord. That's where blessings and peace and purpose all come, is when we offer ourselves back to God and accept his will, whether it's good and bad or bad in our eyes. It's simply saying, I trust you, Lord. Right In this battle, in this struggle, in this thing that I feel like I have to keep in my bread basket, in my, in my grasp all the time, I've got to keep this you know, behind the vest. I've got to let nobody in. It's up to me. I've got to do this by myself. When we finally let go of that is where we find peace. Look, folks, that's where I found it in my life. All the people I've talked about in the Bible, I can attest to because when I was brought to my knees in that jail cell, I was alone. And I was fully, I came full face to where I was in my life of what trying to do it myself with a place that that had brought me to on my knees in a jail cell, unable to do anything for myself. And it was in that moment that I finally looked to God and I said, you know what? I have ruined my life. Look at where I've gotten it. I can't get myself out of this. I can't do this anymore by myself. Here I am, Lord. I don't even know what it means, but here is my life, and it is yours if you want it. Folks, from the moment that I uttered those words in that jail cell, yes, was it a bumpy road, and was it hard, and was it painful for Angela and I to get to the point where we are now and the places we're still trying to go? Yes, indeed it was, but it was in that moment and that surrender and that giving over and that here I am, Lord, the stop questioning of, God, why did you let me get here? Why did you ever let me try cocaine? Why did you ever let me watch porn? Why did you, why did you, where are you, where are you, where were you in all of this? When I quit saying that, when I quit asking that and said, Lord, here I am, I don't know, I don't know why, I don't know what this means, I don't know where it's going to take me, here I am, Lord, is when my life changed. Because I surrendered. I was literally on my knees. And folks, for every one of you out there that are in, in, the, in trials and tribulations and struggles and loneliness and isolation and wounds and pain, this is the key to finding your way out of it, is here I am, Lord. Because as he says to Isaac, as he says to Mary, you know, she says, uh, like, what does Elizabeth say to Mary? Blessed are you among women. You know, I mean, this is what Mary says, blessed I will be forever. Because of this yes I've given to the Lord. And the same men, these men in the Bible found the same thing. Purpose, blessing, joy, meaning, all of those things. Our lives change and the face of it all when we offer our lives back to Him. Because there is nothing that He is not greater than. 
There's nothing that he can't do. There's nothing he can't overcome. And we've got to stop trying to do it ourselves and clawing at it ourselves and let him lift us up and do what we cannot. When we quit fighting him, when we quit fighting his desires and his will is when we find what we really desire. But we have to get past the piece of thinking that's not going to be the case. we got to get past trying to be logical. If I give up control, then I don't get what I want. That's logical to us, but it's, it doesn't matter. God isn't dealing in logic in that situation. He's dealing in trust. It doesn't matter what we think about it. It matters we believe that he is who he says he is and that he wants nothing but our good. That's who God is. And that's what people have to get to. That's the point they have to get to and realize that this isn't religion. We're not just practicing rules and regulations just to do it so we can work our way into heaven. There's a God who wants our good. And the way to understanding that, the way to live in that is by finally saying, I want you to be in control of my life because I know you want the best of me. So I'm going to quit for me. I'm going to quit fighting you. And I'm going to give you what you want. I'm going to offer myself back to you. Folks, we owe him that. We owe him that. We have to quit fighting this and start giving in. And the thing is, God blessed Abraham. If you look at this, just look at Abraham. He put his will and his desires away for God, right? You know as a father he was going, Lord, you want what? Like it doesn't say that in Scripture, but he had to be as a human being going, you, you, this is my only son, the one that it took us forever to have, and now you want to, you want me to just kill him? And what does God say? Do what I ask. And Abraham, in the midst of all that, says, here I am. And again, when the Lord calls to him as he's about to do it, here I am. And what did he find out? When he was going through, even in the difficulty, even in the struggles, in that journey, he must have had walking with his son, with his son questioning, Dad, what are we going? With his son, with the wood piled on his back, leading him to his slaughter. What does he hear? Abraham, Abraham, here I am. Do not lay your hand on the boy, said the master. Do not do the least thing to him. I now know how devoted you are to God, since you did not withhold him from me, from me, your own beloved son. I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you acted as you did in not withholding me from your beloved son, I will bless you abundantly and make your descendants as countless as the stars of the sky and the sands of the seashores. God is good, and he's never going to ask of us more than what we can handle, right? More than we can handle with him. And he blessed Abraham because he did what he asked. He made him the father of a nation. But here's the most important thing. In his yes, Abraham didn't find loss. He found blessing. Why? Because <sighs> in the end, God didn't take away. <laughs> Instead, he offered what mattered most to him for Abraham and for the rest of us in Jesus, his son. Think about this. Here is is I is Abraham leading his only son up this mountain with wood strapped to his back, right? Going to offer him for, for everything to God. But what does God do? God says, no, 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 Abraham. Don't lay a hand on him. I'm going to give you my son. The sacrifice is going to become my son. I'm going to offer what matters most to me. And that's what we find when we give our life to God is we don't find that he takes away. We find that he blesses immensely. We don't do it for the blessings. We do it because we love him. But our God loves us back and he just gives us all that we're looking for.
I mean, think about this. God is looking at us and says, no, 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 no. I'm going to be the one who gives. You're not going to lose anything, anything that matters. I'm going to give you, and I'm going to give everything that matters the most to me. How could we ever see him as anything else besides a God, a Father, who wants to good things for us? We've got to quit listening to the lies of the devil. We've got to quit listening to the noise that the evil one makes. Why is he making all that noise? Because he knows this. He knows who God is. And he knows this is what God wants for us. Meaning, blessing, purpose, joy. And I'm not talking about some prosperity thing where you're singing in the tulips. There are going to be difficulties in your life. But through it all, God blesses and he gives something that cannot be taken away by those trials and tribulations. If we simply believe he is who he says he is. That's the God we serve, a God who wants our good no matter what it cost him. Who are we to be upset if it, all it costs us is the driver's seat? That's what I really want you to think about today is what is God really asking of us? He has given us everything, the one thing that mattered more to him than us, Jesus. And all he's asking back is that we let go of the wheel, which is in the long run better for all of us. So my brothers and sisters that are listening this is what we've got to get to. That place where we we start at, quit asking God in our struggles, where are you, where are you, where are you? And start saying, in my joys, in my successes, in my failures, in my mistakes, in my moments of loss, in my pain, in my wounds, here I am, Lord. Here I am to do your will. Lord, I know that every bit of this, even if I don't see it in this moment, is by design and is for my good. And here I am, Lord, to surrender to it so that I can fulfill my purpose. I could find my meaning. I could find that joy. I could find what you want to bless me with. We went down the long line of those things for people. And so if you want to question somebody, question yourself. And I'd start by asking yourselves these three questions instead of asking God, where are you? One, am I willing to give up whatever the Lord asked me to give up? We all have things in our life, and we know what they are. They're those painful things. When we feel like we've given the Lord everything, and then he comes asking for something, the thing that hurts is the thing that he wants the most. Well, I don't know if I can give up the booze. I don't know if I can give up the drugs. I don't know if I can give up the porn. I don't know if I can give up this set of friends. I don't know if I, if he's asking you for that, trust me, it's because it's what's best for you. I know because he's asking of me, and I've done my best to give it to him, and my life has been tremendously blessed since I've been able to do it. Am I willing to give up whatever the Lord asked me to give up? Because he was willing to give up the thing that was most important to him for you. We owe him that. Two, am I willing to trust that whatever he asks of me is for my good? Are we willing to trust? Abraham was willing to trust. He thought going up that mountain, this is it. This is the last time I'm going to see my son. I'm going to give him. I'm going to do what it takes because this is what God has asked of me. And God is the most important thing in my life. Abraham trusted, and that trust was rewarded not only with the life of his son, but becoming the father of a nation, of all nations, and becoming blessed beyond his wildest measure to be with God the Father forever in heaven. Three, am I willing to stop asking God where he is in my difficulties and start offering myself back to him in spite of them? Am I willing to, to look past these difficult things in my life? Am I willing to look past my trials, my tribulations, the, the wrongs that have been done in my life, the unforgiveness, all of those things? 
Am I willing to, to look past the things I have to give up to start offering myself back to them in spite of them? Folks, if you start asking yourself those questions and you can muster the courage and the trust and the love of God to give yourself completely to him, I guarantee your life is going to change. You're going to find the things that you're looking for. Guys, ladies, it's time to start responding instead of questioning. The peace you want, the joy you desire, the healing you're in search of starts with offering something back to him. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. That offering is your very life. That's what God wants. And I promise you, if you give that to him with the best of your ability, with your full heart, and you answer him, here I am, instead of asking where he is, you're going to start to see the things you've been looking for in your life. Let's take it to prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. We're going to pray the prayer of the Holy Spirit. This is Joseph Cardinal Mercier. Father Larry gave this to me a while back, and this is something I've been praying every day. So, O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, and console me. Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me and to accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.